When the weather was warm, there was no problem. The mice would be out enjoying the beauty of Vermont like everybody else. But when the season turned and temperatures began their annual freefall, they wanted in. It started with small signs, the corner of a cereal box that had been gnawed away, a brief sighting in the middle of the night when you got up to get a glass of water. But then came the scratching and chewing in the walls. But we didn't want to hurt the mice. We tried banging on the walls, sealing the food, whatever non-violent means we could think of. The house was a sieve. So after a string of restless nights, exhausted, we'd come to believe in the death penalty for murine home invasions. Heck, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA, gave an award to a guy who invented a more humane trap because it kills him with gas instead of blunt force. If PETA's okay with killing them, I can get over it. For a dollar, I picked up a four-pack of traditional mouse traps, a small piece of wood with a simple metal spring that amounts to a tiny, blunt mouse guillotine. This is what is known as the spring-loaded bar mousetrap. It was apparently invented by a guy named Hiram Maxim, who also invented one of the first self-powered machine guns in the 19th century. The first night I was awoken by the clap and rattle of the wood trap. I jumped out of bed, and a not-quite-dead, writhing mouse was caught in the trap. And the mice in Vermont are not the gray, black-eyed monsters I remember from my native Wisconsin. These were deer mice. Brown fur coat, the white patch on the breast, big ears, and big eyes. Like little, tiny, fuzzy deer. This was problematic. Everyone knows it's wrong to kill cute things. Ugly things deserve it, sure. Ugly things would kill you if they had a chance. Cute things, though. Cute things are innocent, and they don't know any better. Over the course of the next few weeks, each morning, I'd wake to a dead mouse or two, each one shocking in its slight variation. A clean break in the middle of the back or neck was easy to handle, but a mouse with just its snout and a single paw clamped under the cold metal bar, it was somehow perverse. I hated starting my mornings like this. I don't care what Peter thinks. I didn't like killing mice. I was happy when warm weather returned and the traps could sit underneath the sink, unset and idle. New life, warm Warmth and sunshine washed away the shameful necessities of the previous winter, back to killing ugly things, like mosquitoes and ants. When the next winter rolled around, I can remember waiting longer before we turned the heat on, hoping again to deter the little buggers from even taking up residence, to no avail. They came back, worse than ever, but this time I couldn't do it, so I bought some poison. Poison was better because it was stealth. I didn't have to wake up and see their little crushed heads and hear the snap and rattle of the traps going off while I was in bed. We don't want to have to see the unsavory results of our actions. We don't televise executions or do them in the town square. Seeing something seems not only to drive reality home in our minds, it's as if without it, there is no reality. It's like the old saying about a tree falling in the woods, and if no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? It's as if the only thing we ever object to about the results of our actions is having to perceive them. Winter turned to spring once again, and then to the heat of summer. And just as the mercury inched up into the 80s and 90s, I noticed something. A slight odor. Faint at first, then increasing. The smell of dead mice in the walls. <laughs>